Scooby-Doo cutscenes and cupcakes, the podcast. The musical? Maybe. Why not? <laughs> I've been, ex- I don't know why, I've explained this to like three people in the last week, how High School Musical happened subsequently with our high school years. Like the first one came out our sophomore year, the second one came out our junior year, and High School Musical senior year came out Marley and Steph and Lindsay's senior year. And their school colors are our school colors. Yeah. So when they were like doing that whole graduation singing at the end of the third one, like it was all it sorts pretty of feels. Real. Oh yeah. Uh, also, we did not go to East High though. No. I like to dance and sing at a junkyard with my black best friend. How come I didn't get invited? <laughs> well, you're I not like, in choir. Well, well I, I don't like <laughs> junkyards anyway. I like to play baseball with my black friend, so. There. I like to play baseball with all my friends. <laughs> well, guess what? I play video games. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so what, what was the point of this step? <laughs> High school musical. Oh. Um... <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is Cutscenes and Cupcakes, the podcast where we talk about video games and then rate them in cupcakes. Yay! I think tonight actually we're going to rate them in cookies. (gasps) Specifically Milano's. Yes. From Pepperidge Farm. The Pepperidge Farm. Today we get to talk about the super spooky game, Bendy and the Ink Machine. Uh, just a heads up, there will be spoilers. <gasps> if you have not played Bendy in the Ink Machine, it literally took us like four and a half hours. So go do that really quick. Come back and listen to us and tell us what you thought. If you agree, disagreed, thought that we were harsh or not harsh enough, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Marley. <laughs> I'm Lindsay. And I'm Steph. <laughs> Before we dive into the meat of things we are going to do some not a sponsors your favorite part yay Yay! who's going first me okay go okay so this is um this kind of has to do with the our choice of dessert uh that we're going to be using our rating system with the the milanos that steph mentioned from pepperidge farm so yesterday i took a fun little trip up to um logan utah where we had got all went to college and um about 20 minutes north of logan resides the Pepperidge Farm factory Mm. and they have a cute little thrift store where you can buy bulk cookies and thrift store for cookies no that's really what it's called oh they call it the thrift store yeah they do when I think thrift store I think of like a Hawaiian shirt that smells a little too much like disinfectant uh, I think, um, yeah, they're, no. What up? I got a big cock. <laughs> oh, that too. <laughs> that's a that's Macklemore. $20 for a t-shirt. <laughs> that's a Macklemore lyric in case um, you're wondering. <laughs> no, because it, it's, it's essentially a thrift store because they, they do like seconds of the product. Yeah. And yeah, for those who don't know. <laughs> so it's knows. regurgitated products. It's reused <laughs> cookies. Yes. But anyways, they sell like cookies and goldfish in bulk, but they also just have like the regular white bags of cookies and goldfish that you see at the store, but at like super discounted prices. Mm-hmm. And it's different every time because it just depends on what they're making at the time and what day you go and also how early in the day you go. Because it... <laughs> If there's, like, the good bulk cookies on the shelf, and you show up at, like, 10 o'clock in the morning, they're all going to be gone. Like, right. it is, it's insane. But anyways. People need their pizza goldfish. Yeah, Marley's serious about <laughs> yeah. her thrifting. It's, okay, <laughs> but really, though, cookies and goldfish from the Pepperidge Farm Factory, like, sustained me through college, you guys. <laughs> 
I mean, I would share it with my roommates, of course, because that's a lot of cookies. You never shared with me. That's a lie. <laughs> you got like, I remember like one of the big, it looks like a milk carton, but about 20 times bigger. And it's filled with goldfish, and it yeah. has like a gallon of goldfish in it. I remember yeah. splitting oh, yeah. that with you. You just oh, yeah. like hoarded goldfish under your bed. Like bags and bags and bags. Yeah. So she could reach down in the middle of the night and grab a handful. Her bed was, in fact, a giant goldfish. <laughs> Yay! It was really fun, you guys. But anyways, yeah, I just wanted to go up there um, just to visit for a quick little day trip. And since it's so close to uh, town, I just decided to go up there and buy a bunch of goldfish. And I brought some goodies back for my friends because a, I love them. A Aww. new Utah State shirt adorns Marley's bosom. It's true. It's really cute. I was <laughs> looking at it. Yeah. And I wanted to interrupt you to say, oh, you wore it today. Because yes, it's, I did. It's super cute. Yes, I know. I, yeah. It, I'm one of those weirdos. I've been graduated many years, but I still love to go and buy the Aggie shirts. You're a very proud <laughs> alumnus. I am. I, as, you know, my car doesn't give it away or anything because I have the license plate and a sticker or, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so. I had a big blue on a spike on your antenna. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are those things called? The, um, like, you know, they, they do like the little, like the Jaguar thing or. Oh. Like, uh, hood ornaments. Hood, yeah, ornament. hood ornaments. Yes. I have a hood ornament. I a big blue there was head. a big blue on that. <laughs> You should tell them to make to one. put in the front of your RAV4. You just <laughs> say, please. <laughs> if you're listening, we need hood ornaments of big blue. Just his head, though, not the body. If any other colleges are listening to us, don't listen to our brilliant idea. <laughs> oh, anyway, so the Pepperidge Farm Factory thrift store in itself is my not a sponsor for today. Good. Very good choice. Steph, do you want to do yours or should I do mine? You should do yours. Yeah, she just, <laughs> she's stuffing face with ice cream, I see. Very good. Um, this one's kind of weird. It's different. It's different from any not a sponsor I've ever done. And it's very self-appreciating. So I'm just going get, to get my soap box here and step on top. All right. You guys, if you are unhappy with your life... Make the changes you need to make. That is my, not a sponsor, is myself for making a very good and necessary change in my life. I changed jobs this week. Yay! And I loved my old jobs. I had many at once. Um, and I, you know, I was not getting any benefits because I was working part-time at two jobs. And the 20-hour shift and all of that, I could just start crying talking about it because it was just very stressful. And I wasn't happy. And these guys can testify to that. So I just want to say like, in, like I want to thank myself as an auto sponsor, although I do heavily sponsor this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just want to say like, if you guys are struggling, like just take a risk. Don't be afraid to make a change. Don't be afraid to try something new or Another thing, and I've talked to Stephanie a lot about this, don't be afraid of what people think, like, about what you do job-wise. Like, I don't know, like, I think, like, I'm a cook now, which a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you don't want to be a cook when you grow up. That's flipping burgers, that's not cool. But, like, this is what makes me happy, and I'm so much better off than I was, like, two weeks ago already. So, yeah, that's my not a sponsor. Weird one, preachy one. But you guys can handle it. 
I'll do a normal one next week, like a TV show or something. I... I mean, I thought I think that's great. I don't really see anything unusual about it, to be honest. <laughs> like, it's you're saying normal, but like, no, this is it's your life. Yeah, no, like, and I just our not sponsors are usually like the highlight of our week, and I'm like, that really is like making that change has not only been the highlight of my week, but like the highlight of my year, maybe even more than that. Like, just a huge scope of like time that the highlight of her life been was good. meeting me. <laughs> it was that was a good highlight. We met. Well, we actually probably met a year before we think we met because we had that same English class where we sat by Andrew Chen. Because um, I was like, oh, I sat in front of Andrew Chen. I was in. And Mrs. You're like, so- I sat behind Andrew Chen. I was in but. Mrs. Sides fourth period. Okay, Steph, what's your not a sponsor? Just like I have to delete this. The porn you recorded last night. Yeah. My non-sponsor is not quite as um, exciting as Lindsay's. Marley with the junior minutes. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> Nothing but a bunch of professional bitches over here. <laughs> uh, my non-sponsor is a TV show again. I don't. I've been watching a lot of TV. It's TV's like, good. For that's you. not a bad thing. No. no. I like sweatpants and TV. So sue me. No. Um, we won't. Because <laughs> we're right there with you. <laughs> is um, Downton Abbey. Oh. I have been watching. I decided before I saw the t- the movie, I wanted to watch the TV show. So I started from season one, and I'm now in season four, and it is so good. Did you? Had you not seen it before then? I stopped watching after a certain character died. Mm. It was like, it was a horrible, I'm not going to say who it is. But, like, something beautiful and lovely had just happened, and this character was so happy and just, like, in his little car. Oh, he even said it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. He, they were just in a little, like, thing that goes places. <laughs> now, anytime anyone gets in a thing that goes places in Downton Abbey, our listeners are going to be a little upset and worried that he's going to die. <laughs> And then they die. And it's just like, I stopped watching after that because I'm like, no, no, people need to be happy. Okay, but really though, like, I remember the first time when I watched that scene, I sobbed, you guys. Like, I had never sobbed before from watching a TV show. No. (laughs) Like, I've, like, cried. Like, there have been, like, sad parts in shows and stuff. But, like, I... uh, I remember I was sitting, it was when I shared a room in college, um, with Misty and she like, she like, yeah, yeah. I was on my goldfish bed and Misty like walks in and she was just like, Oh my gosh. Or like, she was so afraid. Cause I was just, I was just sobbing and there was just so much, you know, fluid everywhere. And, and she just like, and I was just like, I'm fine. And she just was like, okay. And like left the room. Sounds like her. It's good you got cool roommates the next year. <laughs> we would have, like, processed with you a little bit. Well, and also, the same season, another character also dies in a horrific mm-hmm. medical incident. Does that happen or in Wait. that same season? Yes. Yeah. Just, I mean, obviously, before. And that medical reason, that happened to you, didn't it? Yes. <gasps> well, I had pre the medical reason. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite go... The full medical reason. <laughs> <laughs> this um, undisclosed character. <laughs> I like how we'll give spoilers to any video game and any other TV show, but Downton Abbey has a sacredness to it's it sacred. that we can't spoil it. So, um, oh. 
Yeah. Although I will say unpopular opinion and come at me if you want to, bra. Um, I don't like Bates. I think he's annoying. Mm. I, I really liked him the first season and like I really felt so much compassion for him. But then I did kind of get sick of it. Maybe and that was also not the sex scene that we wanted. Oh, for real. <laughs> I thought I thought he got better. I mean, especially like, because I, I finally watched the last season myself because I, I had stopped at some oh. point. Like, I don't even know why. I don't remember what happened at the end of season some five. Some undisclosed character. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Die of some undisclosed reason. I think I just didn't have access to season six. So I was just like, eh, whatever. I, and anyway, so I finally watched it so that I, because I wanted to watch it before I saw the movie. So I just watched season six and Bates and Anna, you know, their husband and wife, like they were actually like, they're really good characters. So they definitely get better. Okay. That's good to know. Cause at yeah. this point, but it also is a trope that I hate where the actor himself is at least 20 years older than the actress that plays Anna. And I just hate that. Yeah. That is annoying when they do that. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Downton Abbey is my, not a sponsor. And when I, I'll keep you updated on when I see the movie, because I know you're dying to know how I feel about it. <laughs> my non, my anti-not a sponsor, is the zit in my nose. And I hate it. Where? I don't see it. Uh, up here. Oh, I'm it's like in your nose. That's so painful. Sorry. Yes. Like, I know that's not a glamorous thing to talk about, but I think we've We're all had humans, a zit in man. our nose. And it's really obnoxious. And you, like, go to, like, whatever to it. And it, work it, it just looks like you're picking your nose. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just... Yeah. I had one on my lip, like, right here in the middle today. Those are so painful. Like, I was, like, talking to myself in the mirror. I'm like, just come out! Like, it's so painful. Is it, like, the ones that don't pop? Yeah, it was, like, one those. of those tiny, itty-bitty ones that, like, doesn't have much to it. But they still But they red. still hurt, like, a heckin' ton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you guys have some zit stories, send it to us at cutscenesandcupcakes.com. <laughs> at gmail.com. We're just going to get a ton of Dr. Pimple Popper links. I, I don't want that. No, Dr. No, Pimple no. Popper. I don't. People no. either love it or hate it. And I always find it interesting. It's always a little well, like, do you love personality it or hate test. It? I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you I, to know me. I'm fine <laughs> popping my own pimples, but I don't want to watch other people's pop- pimples get popped. I will say I get in the mood for it from time to time. Otherwise, I'm usually disgusted. But every now and then I'll watch one and I'm like, Ooh. like it's usually an ingrown hair that I'm like, Ooh, no, yeah. no, 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 I no. like that's really gross. But I love ingrown hair. It's like when they just pull out like a two foot long hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, please let's move on from this. Oh, <laughs> on that note, Bendy and the Ink Machine. <laughs> Other horrifying things. Lindsay, tell us about the game. Bendy and the Ink Machine. Sorry, it's still on The Sims 4 um, we, we kept, Downton video. <laughs> we kept calling it Inky, or Inky and the Bent Machine. Inky and the Bent Machine. Yes. <laughs> we kept calling it the wrong thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bendy and the Ink Machine, often abbreviated to B-A-T-I-M, or simply Bendy, is an episodic first-person puzzle action survival horror video game developed and published by Kindly Beast. Under the name of the game's inverse animation studio, Joey Joey Drew Studios, Inc. What else have they made? I just put my phone down. Well, well, (laughs) I can't tell. Okay. Um, Nothing. I mean, it doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, it doesn't sound familiar to me. Yeah. That's why I was wondering what else they've made. They marketed the heck out of this game. If you go to Target, if you go to anywhere, you'll see, like, little bendy merch. Um, and that's where I first heard of it. I think it was at GameStop. I saw, like, a little 
bendy thing. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, it catches your eye. Yeah, if you don't know the game, you've probably seen the game. Mm -hmm. Because it's all, it's pretty monochromatic. Um, The character itself is black and white. Like, all the characters are black and white. And then, like, all the um, scenery is brown. So mm-hmm. it's not like a colorful, no. Um, attract. It's an attractive game for sure, but it is definitely like uh, low key a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's unique. It's kind of like like cartoony, like that kind of whimsical, mm-hmm, yeah. like old school uh, cartoons. Like a lot of people really like Cuphead, um, and so it's kind of. I'd say it's almost. I mean, it's very similar, like animation and yeah. stuff. It's similar, um, but it's 3D. Cuphead is mostly 2D. So I think that's where they differentiate. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you've got that like kind of 1920s cartoon, mm-hmm. Steamboat Willie kind of feel. Yeah, definitely. Um, my daughter came home from the pumpkin patch today and said, watch Pumpkin Goofy or Skeleton Goofy. Oh, <laughs> so we watched, I just Googled Skeleton Goofy and it was that old Disney where they're in the graveyard and the skeletons dance. Oh, oh I like that gosh. one. It's spoopy. Like, really? It's, it's kind of creepy. But it's playing like happy, charming music in the background. At, at the end, at first it's like spooky. Well, and- <laughs> <laughs> good describing I mean, how spooky it is. My three-year-old watched it, but for me it was just a bit too much. <laughs> Well, and it's interesting that we bring up, like, Disney characters because, I mean, a lot of people, you know, have noticed that, like, Bendy, and I'm reading this off of Bendy's wiki page, the fandom wiki page, but it just says, like, Bendy's appearance is most likely based on an amalgamation of cartoon characters such as Felix the Cat and Mickey Mouse from the Mm. 1920s. Um, and he also has a friend, or I don't know if he's his friend. There's just another character in the game. What's his, I forget his name all of a sudden. Uh, it was what Boris. Is Boris. Yeah, and he he's he's very like he reminded me a lot of Goofy. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's got a goofy. definite Goofy mm-hmm. vibe. Speaking of which, is Goofy a dog or a cow? Because why would he be a cow? Because his girlfriend is a cow. Mary Bell. Okay, is Kermit a pig because his girlfriend is a pig? Okay, but, but Daisy Duck is a duck. Minnie Mouse is a, a, mouse. a mouse. And Pluto is a dog and doesn't speak. Okay, but there are a lot of things like... Hamilton, we're recording. Will you put this in the freezer while we have a yeah. second? Well, he's going to the bathroom. I'm sorry, I still haven't moved that into my... Oh, oh no, oh no, oh no. Um. Well, and there are a lot of... Like, I've seen a lot of... Things on the internet about how like people are upset that they're like, well, how come? So if, yeah, like if Goofy's a dog, then why? Then what is Pluto? Like Pluto's a dog, so why is he? Does he not talk? And he is like, you know, always like has a leash and he's tied up somewhere. You know, like why isn't Goofy like that? Like yeah. there's just a lot of people that I've I've seen some debates about it. So I think he's I think Goofy's a dog. I don't think he's a cow. I think he's a dog. He looks like a dog. He acts like a dog. I mean, have you seen the Goofy movie stuff? I sure have. <laughs> or the Goofy movie, or extremely Goofy movie. Maybe Pluto is a less <laughs> sentient dog than Goofy? I don't know. I don't know. But Boris is a wolf. Yes. <laughs> um, Which is, I mean, it's the scary version of a dog. Yeah. I guess I Everything's kind of... St- <laughs> According to the interwebs... Uh, Goofy is really a cow. No. Goofy has always been thought of as an anthropomorphic dog or a dog with human features. They just define <laughs> <They> it. <don't know. laughs> According to Disney's Mouse Blinks. 
However, the Disney establishment isn't telling you that Goofy is really a cow. That sounds like some conspiracy theory bullshit right there. Mm. Well, I mean... Anyways. The debate is sparked. <laughs> Tell us what you guys think. We're not here to talk about Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> That's on our other podcast. <laughs> We're here to talk about Bendy and Boris. Boris is a wolf, which as we have <laughs> also discussed, is a scary dog. <laughs> We've learned a lot from this game, you guys. <laughs> Yes. But, um, so yeah, the, what's kind of, again, here's some spoilers. Um, as you progress through the game, you meet a as friendly Boris. As long as it's Boris. not Downton Abbey. As, yes, as long as it's not Downton. Uh, you meet a friendly Boris, and he kind of becomes your companion. Then he gets kidnapped. Then he gets transformed into a boss battle that was oh, tedious. it was Gosh. so hard. And then you, then he dies, and then you meet another one that's kind of angry. <laughs> Well, I mean, there was, wasn't there a scene kind of halfway through the game where you meet a lot of different Borises, but they're all like. Oh, they're like all over the place. Yeah. And they're like they're all like, opened up because yeah, that like one dead. girl was doing it. Alice Angel? Yeah, the evil Alice Angel. Yeah, the evil Alice Angel, yes. <laughs> it gets a little confusing, you guys. Like, there are many of the same character, there's just many iterations of the same entity. Well, let's start at the beginning. You were a character named. No, I don't. Do we know yet? You do know. Your name is Henry. Oh, yes, Henry. Henry. Okay, I was on the right track. And you are invited to the studio by your friend Joey Drew. But you don't know why. And you soon find out when you find Boris with his chest cut open Mm. and a lot of pentagrams. Well, and you're just kind of wandering these halls, like trying to. I mean, there, there's been, like, notes and stuff left for you. And all you know is that you need to, like, go turn on the ink machine, right? Mm-hmm. And, but but it's, like, it's, I mean, these halls are not, like, it's it's spooky. Yeah. And there's, like, these little cardboard cutouts of Bendy that just, like, pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, and when you be- eventually get an axe and break it, when you go back to uh-huh. the hall, like, you break it, turn around the corner, and it's- look away from the Bendy cutout, go back, it's all put up back mm-hmm. together yeah, again. Yeah, it's, it's a little spooky. And I think I think actually like the first half of the game was the most scary. I think so too. Of it because again, like you're wandering these halls and you don't ha- really have an objective. No, and you also have like you don't really have any weapons either. Mm-hmm. Like you do find some kind of you know later on, but and sometimes and then they go away and then you find another weapon. And anyways, but you like I said, like these little bendy cutouts just kind of keep popping up. So it's kind of mm-hmm. there's some like little jump scares. But then yeah. he also like the the, car- the the cardboard cutout like moves sometimes, mm-hmm. and so that's a little scary. And you're just like, hey, what's going on? But then there's also a lot of I got um, Slenderman vibes mm-hmm. whenever the real Bendy would start to like get oh, close sure. to you because like the music would change, the atmosphere would change, and then like you just have to like run away from him. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's exactly like Slender. <laughs> It's, um, each chapter, there are five chapters, and each one kind of felt like a different game to me. Yeah. Like, the first one had real kind of, um, I don't know, it was more like a Windows maze, if you ask me. Like, you're just kind of poking through this labyrinth, and then at the end, you know, and you, like, find some items and, you know, do a puzzle. 
And then at the end, there's like a small chase scene. And then the second one, I got real Bioshock vibes. Like, you know, oh, you have your wrench yeah, or your true. pipe. And then like everything just felt very Bioshocky to me. So I got really excited. Well, even the tasks and stuff. Yeah, that the you little had to tasks do. that you do, very Bioshocky. Mm-hmm. Like you had um, to like go on multiple levels and like collect things and mm-hmm. then bring it back to the person who was requesting them, which was right. the evil Alice Angel. Right. Meanwhile, you're being hunted by Bendy, yeah. who has that kind of slime. Underman yes. gameplay. Yes, very Bioshock. Um, and then the game kind of takes a turn. Um, mechanically. Yes. And it becomes a little more fighty, like a little more fighting based, boss based, you know, you kind of have to like move to avoid getting hit at the right time. And this is where I start getting issues with the game is like, you're so sluggish. Yes. You're very slow. You have no combat moves. Well, in the you little have, you have one move, which is to like move your thing, your arm up and down, like karate to hit a re- style. Yeah, to hit with like your wrench or something. <laughs> and the little ink dudes that are your villains are like they're surprisingly not easy to kill. They take two or three hits to get them dead, mm-hmm. which is just and it gets very tedious after a while because there's several little ink splots throughout. Oh, mm-hmm. it just seems to be taking up time more than like being a tool to continue the game. Right. Well, and Blake showed me how to cheese them, like mm-hmm. just by walking backwards, which is like, it's fine to cheese, you know, enemies in a game, but like, I don't know. I, I started not appreciating the combat around chapter three and then definitely in chapter four. And then chapter five, I think I was just completely over Well, especially it. that boss battle when, like we mentioned before, where you're fighting the bad um, forest. forest. Mm-hmm. Like, that took many tries because, like, he hits you, like, once and you're dead almost. Mm-hmm. But you hit him once and, and, like, it does, like, nothing to him. Well, and it takes three or four <sighs> steps to get it so that you can get him to be vulnerable enough to hit yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which I really do think that the idea with, um, <clears throat> there's a ink machine where you insert a little dollop of ink. That's what the professional. A nice glob. <laughs> a little dollop of ink in a machine and you can turn a little, um, lever and choose what you want it to make and then you pull the thing. And it makes what it was on. Mm-hmm. So in that boss battle with Boris, you want it to be a pipe so that you can hit Boris with it. Yeah. In another part, you want it to be... Like a gear. Like a gear so and a couple make- other things so that you can make a little machine to get like across a, a trench and things or like that. Or open a door or something. Which I think was kind of a neat thing to have. Like I thought it was kind of a fun, something that you don't see all the time mm-hmm. in games. But then it got tedious in the boss battle with Boris. That one was just insane. That was it would have been fine if you just had a little more movement speed or if your weapon had any kind of like impact blow, like to knock him back two steps so that you can move your butt back to the ink machine. And if he didn't start throwing um little carts at you. Yeah, yeah. he started throwing the, little yeah, the, roller furni- carts. the furniture and the roller. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just like the combat for me got very tedious and um Oh, I can't remember what I was going to say, but, like, there was another game I wanted to compare it to. One of my favorite parts actually reminded me a lot of Little Big Planet, but, like, um, Demented Little Big Planet. Mm -hmm. Which part? It's the part with the, like, claw um, ride. So when they're at the carnival place, the like Disneyland, the inky version of Disneyland. Oh, there's a little claw. The, like scrambled eggs machine, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to destroy it because the person who made it trapped his like. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even, like, the way that he was talking was very, like, the, like... Very animated. Yes. Yeah. The man that narrates Little Big Planet, so... <laughs> Uh, Stephen Fry. <laughs> oh, it is Stephen it is Fry. Stephen Fry. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Um, yeah, no, I, it was a good enough game. It was very short. It's a quick play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as you guys have probably kind of figured out by now, we, we had some issues with it. Mm-hmm. And I think it just gets to, it comes down to the way that the fighting was programmed and even the story. The story kind of was lacking. Like there's some more, yeah. which you find Bioshock style with the audio tapes and mm-hmm. things like that. But it's pretty empty, yeah. um, which is a shame because they had such a great idea. Like they had some really good ideas for, you know, the way it was animated, the world, the kind of even like the, the setup of it was really fun. This is um, another game that there's a lot of build up, and you're like, the oh, this is getting good. I'm mm. excited for this. And then the ending is just a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. The ending itself was you just kill Bendy by sticking a videotape called The End in a VCR. And then make mm-hmm. him watch and it. And then like... you go to Joey Drew's house and it like kind of starts the game again. Yeah. So it's kind of like an endless loop. I think it's supposed to represent like the seven levels of hell-ish mm-hmm. type thing. Nine? Are it's nine? seven. Dante's Inferno? Isn't there nine? Nine, uh, don't cir- ask nine me. circles don't of hell? I want to say it's seven, but I could be wrong. Um, I, I want to talk about the very end, though. Like, the post credit scene, you see, like, you're in a colored world, which is like, oh, that's kind of exciting, you know? And then, like, this girl's like, oh, tell me another story, Uncle Joey. And you're like, <sighs> so that kind of implies that the whole thing was just a story. And I'm like, I don't know, that kind of killed that. I was already in a bad mood by the end of the game, maybe because we were really tired and because I had just dealt with this tedious boss battle that had no strategy, you know, and was just kind of like avoid the dashing guy. And then, I don't know, it just kind of undermined the whole story for me. I I guess what I would have wanted to see was, I mean, because we kept hearing about this Joey guy, the creator Mm -hmm. of Bendy and like all these things and like, I think it would have been cool, like, maybe once you um, took care of Bendy, like, you know, that what we talked about, like, how we did the end video. But, like, afterwards, like, we got to meet Joey. And, like, he's, like, super evil well, or he's something. Over, yeah, he's he's talking to you over the other well, side of the counter. Well, well, yeah, but no, I mean in more of, like, a sinister. Yeah, like, in a, like, an like, Andrew Ryan-esque yeah, type way. totally. Well, like, and then the we idea, have to fight him. The idea is that Bendy is Joey Drew, isn't it? Because... Because each character had their own incarnation in a, like, well, and TV it's, character. It's kind of the, see, this is why, like, it's kind of the story of a man going mad. Yeah. Like, he's getting, mm-hmm. and that's, there's a lot of comparisons between him and Walt Disney, and I'm not going to say it's true. I don't know enough about Walt Disney, other than he's um frozen himself. <laughs> Sad that that's like he's he has this huge legacy, but everyone just like when you ask about Walt Disney, the him freezing himself comes up in the top five facts. Um, <laughs> like the cryogenics or whatever. Yeah, he cryogenically frozen himself till there's uh, advanced enough medicine to wait reawaken him. Oh, Anyways, <laughs> um, about him being. Him getting so famous that it becomes almost a cult. I mean, it literally becomes a cult of Bendy. 
So it goes from like the first chapters, the very beginnings where they're drawing and it's just beginning. The second chapter is getting bigger. They're collecting their crew. It's the, that's where Boris comes in. That's where Mm -hmm. Alice Angel comes in. Then it starts getting to the other things. And then fourth um, chapter is when like the Disneyland, the Bendy land comes in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the fifth level is the cult of Bendy where people are, covering themselves in ink and not going back to their family and home. Right. So I do think that Bendy is supposed to be Joey Drew or an incarnation of Joey Drew. Yeah. Which I don't know how Boris fits in with that because they made a bunch of Borises and I don't know. who They made a bunch of Alice Angels. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's It's again, there are some things missing in the lore. There are some things missing in the story. Oh, I think I know which video game you were going to reference, like another what? one that might have been inspired. Outlast. Is that the one that you were thinking of? Um, not particularly, but I can well, see, I yeah, can see a lot of Yeah, they have like little like, because in Outlast, um, there are like lockers that you um, you can hide in mm-hmm. um, when the whatever bad guys, like, I think there's multiple of them. Yeah, there's plenty of bad guys yeah, in Outlast. <laughs> everybody's trying to kill you in Outlast. But anyways, like, so in Bendy, um, when because there's been a couple like different ones because well, we keep forgetting about the other dude i don't know what his name is tv but, head yeah he's like is that the projectionist is? Yes. yes okay him i'm like i can't remember his I official think he name he was spookier okay yeah. than bendy he he was in a few different ways but you still use the little like hidey hole yeah. um to know, hide from bendy to hide from them and like whenever we were like walking around um getting to the next level and we would see one of those little lockers we're mm-hmm. just like okay Keep that in mind. Yeah, we need to know that, that that's we, there. <laughs> we need to remember if we need to run there really quickly. And sure enough, you would like turn a corner and there's Bendy or the TV head guy. <laughs> and you're like, okay, we're going to go hide. Mm-hmm. And, and even like, there were a couple times where the projectionist, that's his real name. Like he would be chasing you and he'd watch you go into yeah. the little hide- and then he's the like, hideout. Nope, he's gone and, and he's like, well, I can't get him in there. <laughs> the the, the traumatic thing about Outlast, just to credit that game is that they can open the lockers. And they often do. Like, they'll come into the room to find you and open up random lockers. Oh, oh my and, God. And, like, I can't handle that kind of horror. Um, In but. the graphic novel saga, there's, like, projection head aliens. And I think they're actually the sex robots in Saga. Oh. Yeah. So that's that's what I kept thinking of when I saw the projectionist. <laughs> Lindsay's cat Hamilton found a box with like plastic in it and he was <laughs> making all sorts of noise. Or paper. Now plastic. it's Lindsay making the noise. <laughs> I wanted to get in the box. <laughs> <laughs> if I fit, I sit. <laughs> exactly. Lindsay is now a cat. <laughs> Hamilton learned it from me. Um, but yeah, I think like like I said. This game had some really good ideas, had some really good scary moments, but there were also some things that didn't pan out, mm-hmm. like the giant fight you have with um, the good Alice Angel and Tom, the other Boris. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, <sighs> the way that, like, I was playing it with Blake and he had played it before, and he was like, you're going to play this next part. And you're going to think you're not doing the right thing, but just do exactly what you think you need to do. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's just this fight that goes on forever. He's like, oh my God, it's so long. (laughs) He's like, you just need to keep fighting. And again, the fighting combat, like the combat system is not great. 
And so he's like, you don't need to go look for anything. You don't need to utilize their really cool mechanic of like the, um, what is it? Like a, a, it's like a pane of glass with like some lights around it that you like hold up. It's like the lens of truth, but for this game. Like you hold it up to a wall and it shows secret messages. Yeah. And you do that to like two walls. And Mm -hmm. then other than that, it's not used throughout the game. No. And And you can get it. Like a really good idea they had is you can get it for the like second playthrough and like unlock it, but it doesn't really do anything special. Yeah. You know, you don't really see anything amazing. You don't really learn Mm -hmm. any lore that's amazing. And I'm like, that's just like a really wasted opportunity. You know, like, I don't know. But now, since I compared it to the lens of truth, I'm kind of wondering. Uh, but since I've compared it to the lens of truth, like, I, you don't really use the lens of truth in Ocarina of Time more than in, like, certain situations. But it comes in handy a lot more than the, I don't even know what it was called. Than I, the, it wasn't even Than that. the device did, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, and at one point, you're supposed to get a gun from Alice Angel for doing all her biddings. And you're like, oh, Thank goodness. And it's a machine gun, I need too. this gun to kill this damn ink demon. And then she doesn't give it to you because she's a dirty bitch. <laughs> oh, she was pretty evil. Like, the whole time when you were trying to, um, like, because she wouldn't let you go on past a certain point. Um, she wouldn't let you go past the door until you completed these tasks for her. And um, and the whole time she's just, like, threatening you and being like, I'm going to tear you apart and mm-hmm. I'm going to eat your inside. Like, she's just, like, super creepy. Well, that's yeah. what she did to Boris. Well, yeah. So that she can stay young and pretty. Because this game is so aesthetically pleasing, though, the cosplays of it are fantastic. Oh, I bet. Like, there's a couple Alice Angels out there that are amazing. And there's a projectionist. Ooh. Ooh. That's insanely spoopy. And then there's, a, I mean, if you want to be a bendy ink dude, pretty much all you have to do is wear black everything and then just get a cut out of Bendy's face. That's and, true. Yeah. Or the, who was like, his name was like, I wanted to say Tom Welling, but that's not right. I think his name was Sammy. And he's like, Bendy's one of Bendy's worshippers who ties you up. And he's like, he's just like a dude in like an inky blue, black oh. skin suit yeah. with yeah, just a paper right. mask. Yeah. Super easy That's cosplay. That's true. That is, yeah. I don't know if I will cosplay it, but it's... It's an idea. It's an idea. If you ever need a quick one. So. <laughs> Let's do ratings in our Milano Pepperidge Farm cookies. Yes. And they're actually milk chocolate, or double milk chocolate. Double Whoa. milk chocolate. Marley also got me some milk chocolate orange ones, mm, which I'm very excited to good. consume throughout the week. So. Who wants to go first? I'll give it... A three mm. Milano cookies. I played it twice. I don't feel like I need to play it again. I think I paid 20, maybe 30 bucks for it. And I don't feel like I wasted it. But I'm not going to keep it around for my um, prosperity to play. <laughs> <laughs> Your prosperity? Your prosperity? Yeah, <laughs> like my children. And my children's children. I think the word is posterity. <laughs> what did I say? Posterity. Posterity. Whatever, I mean. <laughs> prosperity? My prostate? <laughs> no. <laughs> Three cookies. Three cookies. I think me and you are pretty much in agreement. I'm going to also give it a three. Like I've said 12 times now, they had some good ideas. Combat was broken. Story was lacking. If you're looking for a scary game for Halloween, I I would play it. I think there's better ones out play there. Play the though. first two chapters. 
if you get it in, you know, like yeah. for cheap or whatever, but like. And then go play the, um, Until Dawn. But who's to say? <laughs> I don't know. The thing with games nowadays is like, they patch them. So I don't know if the studio is planning on it or if they're still working on it, but who's to say that we won't come back in a year and it'll be patched and there'll be like, Kind of a fixed combat system, and then so they're making it for our prosperity, for our prosperity, or for our future <laughs> like, selves. These girls, <laughs> like if they do like a Mass Effect Andromeda patch and just like fix all the random things that are broken with it, I don't know. Like it could be yeah. a fun game. Like if those stupid ink globs weren't so hard to get out of the boat, it gets clogged every two seconds. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that means you finally hard. get a gun to like do some real damage. <laughs> That would be a pretty big patch if they're like, we just changed the whole game. <laughs> but, it, I mean, yeah, there were just, like, little fixes that could be made that I think would make a big difference. But, yeah, it's it's getting a, a three. I almost want to say, like, a 2.9, just because I'm feeling a little cruel. <laughs> See, I, I'm going to give it a two and a half Milano cookies. Because, <laughs> like, it, it definitely has potential. And the first two chapters, maybe two and a half chapters we'll say to go with <laughs> oh. my rating were they were it was interesting like it was it was just spooky enough that you're like okay like i'm getting into this like it's halloween season like mm-hmm. you know and what's gonna happen but then it like we said before like it just kind of gets to like a weird place and it's just i don't know i just it wasn't scary anymore yeah it went from like scary to tedious which exactly not what you want in a horror not movie. Not the direction you not want what to you know. Want. Yeah. And, like, the replayability, like, I have no desire to play that game again. Like, yeah. even if they did come out with, like, a patch, like, I don't know. I don't know if I would play it unless it was a really good patch. Then then mm. maybe it could be kind of a fun one that we play every year. But, I mean, like, I mean, like Steph said, like, until dawn, go go play that instead. Mm. I'm I'm actually currently playing it again. With a boy. With a boy. Oh, gosh, stop. But I also am so glad I have some power to edit all of this out. Um, anyway, so I've been replaying Until Dawn again for like, I don't even know how many times I've played it. It's been it's, a tradition. I, I feel like I've played it almost every year or at least like started it, you know, because it's a really long game. But it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it's been different every time because of all the different outcomes and stuff. So that just... Anyways, this we already did an Until Dawn episode. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 3, Season 1. It's just a prank hand. We've got some more (laughs) horror games on the docket, too. So that's not just going to be the only one that we can recommend. We're excited. However, I think we mentioned this on our Until Dawn episode. And Ian, maybe if you are listening, I'm sorry to tell you. Until Dawn is also an excellent rating. Or not rating. uh, It's like a test of personality (laughs) that we like to use on our guy friends because we like to see what kind of person they are. (laughs) Are they the squirrel shooting kind of person? Yeah. When Marley brought that one guy over that shot the squirrel and then told the racist joke, we knew he had to go. Yeah. Yeah. He he was gone just like that. I kicked him out right over, right over Lindsay's balcony. And then I kicked him in the nuts. And he said, why? And he said, you know why? And we said, we're better people than you because you shot a squirrel in a video game and we're throwing you off a three-star balcony. You're actually hurting a real human. (laughs) Which is funny because, and I know he's probably listening because he's right above us, but like, haven't we played other video games with your husband and he does stuff like that? We haven't kicked him over the balcony. Blake is a bit of a chaos element, but we accept that about him. <laughs> well, stay tuned to see if Marley survives for next episode. <laughs> I'm okay. 
For now. Anyways, yeah. No, Bendy, I mean, it was, yeah. I, mm, mm. <sighs> I feel like Excellent that's... marketing, though. I gotta yeah, give it to him, you yeah. know? It, and the aesthetic is cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's a cool aesthetic. It's different than yeah, what they're doing, is. what a lot of the video games are now, which is, like, really good graphics, really lifelike graphics. Mm-hmm. They went definitely for a more animated mm-hmm. um, twist to it, and I think they did well with the aesthetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it, They I just lacked with the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the animation the, was great. And the game mechanics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the voice acting. I, mean, I think what I'm hearing. I think what I'm hearing is that we really, really wanted to love this game. Yes, yes. it, it has good elements. It didn't fit the bill. No, and now we're gonna go play Until Dawn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we actually are gonna go play another horror game, though. Yes, which you guys will find out about very soon. Oh yes. But in the meantime, Ooh, go grab some friends. Eat, That's scary. eat some Milano cookies. <laughs> play some horror game. Wow, we. <laughs> <laughs> Play some horror games. Bye. 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 This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.